Pickaxe. Arc 2, episode 27 of the DNR Podcast is brought to you today by DungeonFog.com. If you run a tabletop game in any capacity, you need to check out DungeonFog.com. They allow you to create maps with their fantastic map-making tools and even generate notes about the maps you just created in real time. There are also tons more features on the way as they continue development. I highly suggest you go check out DungeonFog.com just to see what all the fuss is about and see what awesome things you can create with their tools. Previously for Group A... After a very long campaign on the road, bartering with the orcs and elves, and establishing a temporary peace among them, they arrived at the city of Winterhaven to deliver the good news. Just outside the city, they met a new friend in Leroy Garvey, a former big-time actor looking to re-establish himself in the city. After getting paid by Winterhaven officials, they were tapped to act in Garvey's new play. And that's where we pick things up today, rehearsing for the large event that's about to take place in Winterhaven. We go around the table and introduce ourselves. I'm Jason. I'm the Dungeon Master. Going around the table, starting with Rob. Uh, hey, I'm Rob. I play Ubo, half-orc celebrity waiting to happen. <laughs> uh, and James. Hey, it's James. I play Masoka, the half-elf rogue. And Xavier. Hey, I'm Xavier, and I play Donovan, the human warrior, fighter. Um, and Sorry, Michael. Trademarks. <laughs> <laughs> And Michael. Hey, I'm Michael, and I play Amvin, the half-elf wizard. And Kelsey. I'm Kelsey, and I play Aster, the elf archer. And Poopy's enthusiast, Susan. (laughs) (laughs) And this is... Oh, well, this is Susan. I used to play Maddie, but she's going to die or leave the show tonight. (laughs) And she was a human cleric. You guys, you guys might not. Maybe you guys haven't caught on to this, but I just did. They're called poopies because half of them are poops and half of them are peas. No, I just got it. Oh, they're no. poops and peas. I hate. It works on so many levels, Susan. <laughs> I was hey, disgusted. With how much were hotels? One ninety-two for the flight. <laughs> I am sorry, everybody. This is the way we're kicking off today's show. Uh, I Michael, urge you. You've done nothing wrong. No, I, 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 I urge you to listen to the behind the scenes if you don't already. Because uh... I'm going to kill Jason. <laughs> we need to get serious, guys. Here, Susan is just flush with anticipation. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. I've been prepping this session all day today, and I am wiped. Um... <laughs> 
I hate all of you. <laughs> did you just pun, Jason? I did just pun. I it was for a good cause. It was. <laughs> it was a good one. Thank you. Bravo. So let's pick things up. Uh, on the 26th of Yesti, you guys have been kicked out of the bar, the Thin Bear. Now, tomorrow, you are supposed to be meeting up with Leroy Garvey. And um, you're going to be checking out the, uh, the, the, the the space for the play and kind of be going over the rough draft and, uh, and stuff and, and seeing how that's shaping up. Is there anything you guys would like to do tonight? Uh, Ubo's done. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. Maddie and Ubo like left before everyone else. <laughs> they yeah. were disgusted. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to ask about that. Is that a thing where you were... Were Maddie and Ubo waiting outside for the rest of the group, or were you just going to your lodging, and were you going back to the temple and just like, I'm done for the day? I think I... Maddie would have just left. <laughs> yeah, same. Same with Ubo. Okay. And both of you were disgusted for different reasons, I take it. I mean, uh, Ubo probably for more simple reasons and Maddie for a multitude of reasons. Right. <laughs> but maybe there's a crossover, like the no honor thing and the... <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably kind of the shared, shared okay. disgust. That makes sense. What about the rest of the group here? Let's say you were ushered out of the Thin Bear. It's more just a... You're not thrown out aggressively. It's more just like, hey, we can't have trouble like that here. You can't go busting up someone's face with brass knuckle, no weapons, that type of thing. So you're just kind of, you're kind of ushered out. And I'd say to Amvin, um, Asora would be more like, dude, come on. Like, I, <laughs> I thought your friends were cool, like that type of thing. Just like, again, just a little more disappointed than like, you can't ever come back. It's more like, okay, you just, I don't want any trouble. And, uh. I think Emma would be like, my bad. I didn't expect that to happen, but he'd be like, I'd go up to him and be like, it'll be better next time. Get them all, everyone aware of what should and shouldn't be going on. Okay. How's Masoka feeling? I don't know. Should I roll? What? No, I don't mean physically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how does Masoka feel about himself? Oh, he's happy. Okay. Because it was, it had nothing to do with being in that ring under these rules of fight or engagement or whatever. It was defending Maddie's honor. Ah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and he feels he succeeded. Oh, well, you're in for a real surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Not me, Ahsoka. <laughs> <laughs> and afterwards he'll still think he's one you just won't understand um yeah so is this a thing where everyone is just kind of turning in it's just like okay that's probably a sign we should wrap things up or are there other things you guys would like to do uh yeah just before leaving the thin bear uh Donovan would probably have an aside or just as they leave talk to uh what's his name Asora Asora yeah uh, who just tell him like, hey, hey, like, sorry about this. Uh, to make to make up for it, like, you're on the list. If you want, you can be front row at the play. <laughs> VIP seats, <laughs> no fees. And he would be again understanding. He's not. He's not terribly upset because people get injured. It's more just like, hey, let's not look for trouble. That you know, 
So he's like, well, thank you. That's very nice of you. But he's kind of like whispering it because he's like, he doesn't want to look like he's taking a bribe from you necessarily. Because Chad is going to be very upset when he is conscious again. (laughs) All right. Well, then I would just reply like, I hope to see you there. And uh, yeah, he turned in for the night. Uh, just a quick question. How expensive is the the four stars uh, room he's getting for a week? You're okay. You're you're just paying up for a week. Well, I I'd, I'd like to know what, what what one night costs. Well, let's see. Where were you staying? You were oh the fancy gentleman, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's not so that's one of the nicest places in Winter Haven. So you're probably looking at like four to five gold a night if you're uh, you're kind of taking advantage of some of the amenities. Like it's like, oh, they'll clean your armor and they'll do different stuff. It's kind of a full service treatment type thing. All right. I can do that. Yeah. Sweet. All right. I will turn in for the night. Uh, when everyone, I think Ahsoka and Aster is probably hang- is in my place. Yep. I think that was the yep. plan. Yep. I, I think... I'll actually pull out that uh, trinket that I got from for exploring places without being known and kind of like look into it more now that I've got like a minute where not everyone is watching what's going on, but at least look into it more. Okay. I don't know if I should roll or anything or just understand what it looks like, what it looks like it would be doing. So while I must sit, Michael, while Anvin's doing this. <laughs> <laughs> what would everyone else be doing? Just kind of settling in for the night? Because we d- we described Anvin's house as being not large at all, but, but really nice. Cozy. Yeah, very cozy. <laughs> Cozy's a great word. <laughs> <laughs> it made sense, too. Yeah, I mean, Aster and I was good with sleeping like wherever i mean they're not picky especially to places nice as this so they're probably just like probably taking some time to like take care of their like weapons and like wipe down their armor and stuff now that got a bit of downtime uh masoka's pretty bruised and battered right (laughs) i would say you took some lumps you definitely took some lumps okay i guess there wouldn't be anything cold he could put on his face It'd probably be just like a cool rag, something like that. Okay. See if you had an ice mage in your party. (laughs) So much easier. Anvin has an ice knife spell, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It just just happens to explode. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Take this. But you'll be colder. Okay. Well, yeah, he'd probably just put a rag on his forehead or whatever and just lie down. Okay. He's he's spent, obviously. So, as far as the trinket goes, refresh my memory here. It was given to me and for exploring the gate without, well, that area without being, with I guess, not tricked. Oh, so the, the documents. Yeah. Okay. So, do me a favor, and I would say, honestly, this is just you reading over stuff. So, if you're taking time at the end of the night, this is just you kind of gathering information and stuff. This really isn't... I, I wouldn't say you need a role for this. Cool. But yeah, you're going to find out quite a bit 
about uh, about this gate. You're going to find out that you need quite a bit of power to activate it and what it does and experiments that they've, you know, some experimentation they've done with it. And it's going to talk about a time that it was actually activated and and used successfully. And it also kind of goes into probably where that blood stain on the wall came from, which is uh, <laughs> the time it was activated in the in the cave itself, there was sort of uh, an explosion of energy and, and Brie kind of got thrown across the room and really injured herself quite a bit. But yeah, you're going to find out quite a bit about this thing. What specifically do you feel like Anvin would be looking for, if anything? If he could find any clues of like, I know it was like raw power, but if it was at all, if there's a specific school or like type of power, or if it's just like trying to determine the source of the of the type that would be used to enable it trying to like backtrack through that right well obviously uh psionic energy was used to open the gate successfully the first time but they have had various magic users try and while there was some activity with the gate proving that it probably could be done the focus that it required was too much for the people they had in the area so it's kind of listed in this documentation that it, it it's kind of surmising, oh, you probably need a hell of a lot of magical attunement of power and a large amount of focus to be able to hold the gate open. How much power? Like, from comparing it to, like, a scion to a mage to, like, if there's a, like, oh, if you wanted the equivalent, this would be, like, ten archmages or anything like that. <laughs> no, 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 nothing like that. <laughs> it's It's been... This is all. A lot of this is guesswork because um, in, in in some of this, I'd imagine there's some there's some light journal entry type things. So after it was opened successfully that that one time, a, a lot of the cave got deserted. A lot of the ravens left. They moved on after Overwatch fell. There wasn't much reason to stay there anymore. So slowly but surely, the cave emptied out, and for the most part, it was just Finway still doing experimentation but there really wasn't much to do with no scion and no way to uh to power the gate so a lot of this is guesswork but he guessed that uh someone with the level like someone with the skill of an archmage could probably hold this open and then i don't know if i how much time i'd have to research but i'd be like is there looks to be like anything that you would use or like well, if you had, looks like there might be, I don't know if like the, the architecture or any of the structures has been like from memory or even like notes of like, this feel, this, this looks like a same material that some other trinket that maybe was used for improving concentration or maybe like a accessory to improve your ability to control it has been documented in either Ubin Hero, Hero history or anything that seems like it would be a counterpart of the gate. Well, it's long been guessed that there's either a missing component or or something that could aid in opening it. Because most people aren't born with that kind of power. So whoever built them were either much more magically inclined or in tuned, or they, they used something to help them channel that. You know, there's no, there's nothing in the documentation that would be like a good guess. It would just be something that, it, it, you know, be on the lookout for. 
Okay. So, and that's my notes. So, I'm guessing sleep? Yep. For me, anyway. And mm-hmm. After pulling an all-nighter. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> 27th. So, let's say everybody gets together, and uh, I would imagine you you get your breakfast, you 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 get your stuff together, and I'm going to guess that you're meeting up after that? Uh, yeah. Yep. What would be the first yeah. order of business? How are you feeling today, Masoka? Uh, not like I want to do a play. Uh, how does my face look? Amazing. Oh, thank you. I kind of feel like shit, though. <laughs> yeah, you look like shit. <laughs> I was trying to give him the confidence today, Donovan. <laughs> yeah. No, Donovan's always been up front with me. That's fine. She got <sighs> me thrown out of the bar. How? I didn't do anything to you. All right. Uh, yeah. You guys want to go meet up with Lee or Leroy? That guy. Let me ask a question. So if you guys met up, would Maddie have a chance to have cooled down? I'm guessing Ubo's, uh, Ubo's <laughs> temperament is, is kind of the same. Like, he's a little reserved. But I, I picture Maddie as, as maybe wearing that emotion on her sleeve a little more. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I... Yeah. <laughs> it's not like she's glaring or anything, but she's pointedly being as far away from Masoka as possible. Mm. Like, if they're in their group and they're, like, in a line, she'd be at the opposite end of the line. Okay. <laughs> but Masoka. she's just, like, trying to get on with it, I guess. <laughs> well, I think uh, Masoka would probably walk up to her. Super. (laughs) We have not had an awkward conversation in a while. Good. So, uh, Maddie, what did you think of last night? Oh, (laughs) Um, she would cross her arms over her chest and say, "Ah, I'm just trying to forget last night." Um. Why? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I I thought you'd be happy for what I did for you. <laughs> okay, she's gonna forget everyone's around. Uh, happy about what? Well, defending your honor, of course. <laughs> okay, that's that's what you believe happened. Okay, sure. You brought out brass knuckles in an honorable fist fight. Do, do you not realize that that's not okay? Uh, you know I'm a thief, right? <laughs> I have no honor. Then I... why did? Never mind. Let's just let's just go. We're late. No, no, no. I. Come on, I did, I... Maybe you don't approve of my methods, but I did that for you. I didn't like how that guy was treating you. 
He was a drunk in a bar. <laughs> Didn't matter. Well, it mattered to me. You should have gone about that differently, okay? You didn't have to get in a fight. Uh, I'm getting the feeling here that you don't appreciate what I did. So Maddie's like crossing her arms across her chest and she pulls them a little tighter. Like she's finally starting to get what this is. (laughs) She looks down, then looks up. There would have been other ways to go about that. Possibly, but I kind of only know one thing. And if you're in a fight, you better win. Where I come from, it's win or die. (laughs) Well, you obviously don't know how to take a hit, so maybe don't enter a ring next time, okay? Ouch. Um, (laughs) Well, she's trying to... There was like a smirk while she was saying that. She's trying to like not make this so heavy. (laughs) You know, I... uh, I went in there prepared to lose, too. And... That's how much I like you. Um... I... Honestly, didn't know you felt that way. Um, Donovan is going to. <laughs> this walk is like the middle of, of everyone. <laughs> yeah, basically, and Donovan's gonna walk towards both of them and put his arms around uh, like both of their like shoulders, just like in the middle of them, and going like, "Great, I'm glad this is sorted out." Then I hope my actors don't get any other distractions this week because I don't need my actors to be distracted. <laughs> <laughs> Is this going to be a problem? No? Great. Your actors. <laughs> yeah, this this play needs to be good, all right? So let's work our issues out like we just did. That was beautiful. And remember what the priorities are. Right, right, the play. Thank you, Donovan, for your input. He's just going to nod and smile and kind of look the other way towards Maddie and go, like, kind of raise his eyebrows like, yeah, this was fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) She has like that wide-eyed stare like, this is a lot in a a short amount of time. (laughs) And he'll like start walking with them like in each arm trying to like change the subject and move the group along. Hey Ubo. What do you think the play that was being written is gonna be about? Hmm. Did he say he wrote it before he met us or after? That looked like he was he came up with an idea or at least was adding at two ideas yesterday Mm. well then he must have written a mighty orc into it who puts his thumbs in the eye sockets of his enemies and rips their skulls in half (laughs) (laughs) 
that role will not be played by anyone but me. Well, I look forward to seeing what great uh, achievements will happen in this play. And I'm smiling the whole time. I am sure it will be a great chance for everyone in Winterhaven to see how majestic orcs can be. I look forward to that too. Pure silence. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, so I say after some walking, um, you guys are going to be not on the outskirts of the city, but it's it's definitely not city center, right? You're off a little bit, and you're going to reach this. Um, you're going to reach this auditorium style building. You, you could tell that if you open the big double doors and and walk in, there's kind of a longer hallway, and then you open another set of double doors. And there's going to be a pretty large room here. There's going to be a stage, and clearly they they put on plays here. There were there were shows. There 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 was stuff, but it doesn't look like it's been used in a while. Probably you know two three years something like that. Like maybe the city just had other things going on, or just you know just they haven't had a lot of uh, performers. But there's quite there's quite a bit of space here for people. So if, if, if let's say you guys, let's, let's say they get the word out here and this place sells out, there, you know, there, there could be, you know, a couple of thousand people here. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh God. Is going to be sitting on the stage. So there's, there's quite a, there's quite a lead up. There's a aisle that leads to the stage and he is going to put down his beverage and he is going to pop up from the stage and start walking uh, very quickly up the aisle. Ah, my thespians are here, and it's gonna it's gonna echo throughout this uh, throughout this place. Like his voice is carried, like he's playing to the back seats. Like he's very yeah. Ubo is Ubo is like looking around at the party, and he's like half orc, half elf, humans. Leans over to Maddie. Which one of us is? Thespian. <laughs> he he means um, fans of the theater. Oh, he should say that as easier. <laughs> yes, he should. <laughs> he's gonna walk up and he's gonna put both his arms on on Masoka's shoulders and kind of like run him down. My dear boy, what happened to your face? Well, uh, <clears throat> there was a bit of a scuffle last night. Uh, it's nothing. Makeup, maybe. He's a he's a method actor. Yeah, what he said. But Maddie you have not. <laughs> <laughs> you did not read the play yet. How do you know? there's a scene where you get your ass beat. (laughs) Hey, I won that fight. Maddie rolls her eyes harder. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, uh, Leeward's gonna kind of wave his hand. It's fine, it's fine. Uh, what I have planned, makeup will take care of all of that. Uh, uh, 
my orcish friend. And he's 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 gonna motion to uh, to Ubo and kind of move move toward him. And again, kind of put his uh, put his hands on on Ubo's shoulders and kind of rub him, just like how you feeling? Like that he's very he's very much like you could tell he's a little nervous about all this, and he's he's gauging you guys to see how ready you are. Does Leroy Garvey have hair? Yes, but it's thinning. It's thinning? Okay. So Ubo looks at the two hands, like, kind of clasped on his shoulders, and he's like, I don't know what this is about, but win in Winterhaven. And so he, like, clasps his hands onto either side of Leroy's head and rubs <laughs> up and down and, like, messes up his hair. <laughs> I picture him having, uh, it's a little wispier than it used to be. Maybe, uh, maybe just the slightest bit of a comb over going on. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Yes. Human. Okay, cool. Yeah. Again, like he's, he's getting up there in age for, for an actor and, uh, maybe put on a few pounds more than he had when he was treading the boards and younger. So he's going to be a little weirded out by that. Because I imagine Ubo's hands are pretty friggin' big. Yes. So you kind of engulf his head, like, a bit. Like, on the sides of it. So he's just... So, through, like, mushed-up cheeks, just to... <laughs> like that, just kind of making noises. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> quite. <laughs> um, uh, well, let's not dilly-dally. Come, I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you what I have so far. <laughs> As I said the last time we met, I took the temperature of the city. Quite a few opinions have changed since the last time I performed here, so I uh, performed some rewrites. And he's going to lead you back to the stage where he has uh, he has a bunch of parchment and stuff. And he's going to lay out what he has in store. So it's this it's it, like it's a shorter three act play, right? Because he's he's had to rewrite a lot of this on the fly. And he is going to sell this to you as hard as possible, right? And he's going to tell you the story of Malchus Grimness. <laughs> and, and a party of adventurers that, that he led to negotiate a peace treaty with the orcs that were settling on Winterhaven land and their strong leader who was technically trespassing, but just looking to do what was right for his people, and how no one in Malchus's party wanted to barter with these orcs, but he stood up and he said, no. Oh my god, We should Jesus. negotiate first. <laughs> we should not resort to bloodshed, and and this is this is Leroy's interpretation of all the events. <laughs> no, it's perfect. I just like it's it's so perfect. <laughs> is it the history books interpretation of these inve- events? Like, it's is this how gone. it was? It's kind of it's I. <laughs> I would say that in terms of Winterhaven's interpretation of what happened, Malchus was probably the most notable person to go out that day. And since Malchus mm-hmm. made a speech before everyone went out, that caught everyone's ear at the gates of Winterhaven. So when he makes a speech saying, like, we're not going to, we're going to go out there and we're going to do this. And then, you know, you come back and the deed is done. They're going to assume, oh, well, Malchus, Malchus figured out a way to do it. And th- like, they just assigned <laughs> him. Arya is not really one to like step up and correct the <laughs> assumptions or anything. So, oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> After he sells that, Maddie's going to look to Ambin and say, is that how it went? 
as I as I smile, I absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> and I have just got this. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yes, entirely. <laughs> well, it's good. I really like it. It's really good. Got a few notes, but it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's gonna like he's like I I imagine like he's pitching it like he's he's just like he's trying to get you hyped up like he's telling a campfire story right, and then at the end of it he's just kind of like looking to everybody like huh. Uh, like that, that just waiting for feedback. So if you're, if you're telling him, it's like, oh, that's really good. He's going to be just over the moon excited. Fantastic. Well, um, I think we have our strong orcish leader right here. And he's going to be pointing to Ubo. So, so as you, did he give a deeper synopsis than you just did? Or did he, is that all he said? It was deeper than that. It's, it's mostly like, okay, so. The first well, act of the play. Let me, let me just pivot to my question here. Yes. How did the in his actual synopsis? How did the orcs come off? The orcs came off as willing to fight for what they believe in, but it's for the greater good. Like they wanted to break off from the tyranny of the larger, the larger clan, and they wanted to strike out on their own. It paints them as more noble than savage, but they are willing to fight for what they believe in. That's why there's kind of a tense negotiation in the third act. Hmm. So it doesn't paint them like savages. Mm. Okay. Uh, yeah, Ubo kind of looks at Maddie and says, this is good, right? I'm actually pleasantly surprised. Mm. And he's going to smile at that. Leroy's going to smile at that like, all right. Because he knew he was going to have to win Maddie over because Maddie was the only one to really raise kind of raise suspicions or, or kind of question his ability to do it. <laughs> The the open glares probably gave her that away. That didn't help, yeah. Masoka's <laughs> hmm. gonna raise his hand. Uh, and he's he's going, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, so, who who do I get to play? Ah, uh, that's, that's why I wasn't too worried about your face. Um, well, we're going to practice something, and it's, uh, how can I put this? It's it's very delicate, but we're going to have to put you in red face. You're going to be our Malchus Grimness. <laughs> Does he know who Malchus Grimness is? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Give me a history roll. Because okay. coming from Brightport, there's a chance you'd, you'd hear some stuff about Malchus. Oh, yeah. Jeez, I would imagine growing up in Brightport, you're going to hear all kinds of stories about Malchus. And a lot of the stories you're going to hear about Malchus are also attached to Valus. Um, so kind of polar opposites as people like mannerisms and all that. A lot of the stuff you're going to hear about Malchus is attached to the war and fighting the Overwatch and, you know, treaty signings and all that stuff. So I would imagine with a 17, you're going to you're going to know a lot of that. And you're going to hear a little conflicting information because there's some people who paint him as a villain or... Uh, a deserter or something like that. And there's a lot of people who uh, I'd, I'd say it leans a little more towards this. That's like, Oh, the greater good. Like he, he did what he had to do that type of thing. And anything you'd hear about Phallus would probably be leaning more towards the violent, you know, butcher Brightport and all that. Mm -hmm. I have a question too. Mm. In Theria, how offensive is red face? Oh, it's um, historically speaking, it has not been used for good. Uh-huh. 
it uh, it's exactly as offensive as you think it might be. Because okay, well, because um, tieflings have not had the greatest depiction in arts and uh, uh, literature for a long time. But Leroy is pitching this as a very tasteful depiction uh, of a tiefling, firstly, and secondly kind of a re- reclamation like it's like no we're taking it back we're gonna make it we're gonna make it acceptable with this performance <laughs> it's gonna be okay um i feel like Asher's gonna kind of like like casually sort of like r- raise their hand and just can't we just get a tiefling to play him and avoid the whole you know i mean i'm sure there are some of the city that'd be willing to do it right <sighs> but that's the point of the theater it's it's all about stretching out, being more than who we were born as, being something completely different. Use your imagination. I mean, we got an actual, like, orc to play an orc, wouldn't it? Uh, Half orc, technically. Whatever. It's just, will be a look a bit shoddy in comparison. I mean, how good are your uh, makeup skills there, huh? Well... Um, they've got, got they, they, they've got uh, like kind of a pretty big grin on their face while they're saying this. Like they're, they're just kind of like needling him for the heck of it, <laughs> right? And it, he's uh, like he's going to <laughs> he's going to hold up a finger like oh, one one moment one moment, and he's going to grab a box, and um, <laughs> the box is uh, a portion of the wardrobe and he's going to kind of drop this down and in the box there's going to be some robes and and uh, some some attire kind of cheap knockoff stuff that a Malchus Grimness might be caught wearing in the city of Winterhaven and there's going to be some makeup and stuff and a pair of strap-on horns okay <laughs> Aster is absolutely going to grab those horns and put them on the soka <laughs> just like <laughs> 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 Yeah, I think we can compromise and just do the horns. It's theater, right? Fine, fine. It, it, well, that actually brings me to um, a secondary problem. Um, I might need some help with certain aspects of, of the play. I'd like to bring this experience to life, and if I could get some some assistance from from you during the performance that would be amazing uh very very helpful and he's kind of he's kind of like wincing like can i count on you well i was promised a vip seat for the play and i've been working my ass off on promotion what you have in mind and he's gonna he's gonna it's like that that's fine that's fine i only need a few people do any of you play an instrument? All right. Could any of you fake playing an instrument for just a night? How would... <laughs> Crickets echo throughout the hall. <laughs> I am actually curious about something. Would my education in Umanero at all be in the arts like that? Because, you know, it being a full college style... So is there a music course, basically? Yeah, it, was there a mo- music course that I could be like, I had like a one semester of violin or something? <laughs> you know <laughs> what? Give me a flat D20. Alrighty, I will. Please be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> you can <laughs> have like mandatory recorder classes. <laughs> I would say you took up the loot very briefly. And it's like one of those kids trying to play smoke on the water, but they just play the first like five chords. Like, and they, they, it's like, oh, I'm nailing this man. Like that type of thing. So it's, it, I, I feel like maybe Amvin feels like he could play. Oh my god, yes. Oh, I would love to have that. Like, I think I'm amazing, but really they just had me stop after that because they really didn't want to embarrass anyone anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, we might need some special effects, right? That's Do we true. Really, really want to waste Anvin's potential on, on music. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Maddie's going to glare at him because she thinks she knows where he's coming. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will say that Maddie's time growing up in a temple. Yeah, might... I was going to say, like, choir girl, right? Like, yeah, that might also... She was a nurse. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I was thinking about it, too. I was thinking if it could fit in in there. Um... You want to give me a flat D20? <laughs> 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 oh, Y'all got to do better than that. <laughs> what about a harp in the forest? That's what I was thinking all the time. <laughs> that's that's what I was thinking. Little little hand harp, little like a little yeah. Just just you've plucked some strings in your day. <laughs> that sounds like an innuendo. It does. <laughs> so Lieber is going to lay this out. He's going to say he needs someone to help with makeup. He needs someone to help with certain special effects during the performance, and he needs someone to help with uh, music, setting an atmosphere, that type of thing. And of course, he has his two actors, and he has some extras that are just kind of kind of be in the background uh, to flesh out the party and the orcs. Can we get like a more outline on what the special effects are? Well, um, at a certain at a certain point in the in the play, like toward the beginning, he wants to talk about the uh, the taking of that hill outside of of Winterhaven and how the you know the city guards were starting to kind of get a little panicked. These orcs come riding in, so he wants to talk about there's a chill in the air, and he wants to he wants to kind of have the air physically get cooler around the front few rows, something like that, to elicit that ooh like that response, and. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and there's a point in the play where there needs to be like during the tense negotiations he wants thunderclaps and stuff like that to go off like in the background Ooh, i can do that okay <laughs> well i can't do the chill but i and I, she could probably make a spotlight too she has a lot of light spells Ooh, okay oh yeah yeah that could work Let's so see. would maddie bring that up uh, when he's like, I want thunderclaps, Maddie will do thaumaturgy and make thunderclaps happen. <laughs> oh, she, she, is, is she going to like say that she's doing that? or She's going to do he's it. Gonna, he's going to look her... I think she's get fun out of this. He's going to be like, and then I want thunderclaps to happen. And then Maddie will smirk and then make it happen. <laughs> like right <laughs> after he says it. <laughs> so so yeah, this, I've yeah. got the ice knife. <laughs> Well, you, you, <laughs> which you shall have to prestidigitation, <laughs> which basically, like, that's what it's used for, right? Let's see. You create one of the magical effects, instantaneous, harmless sensory effect. Oh yeah, yeah I can do. Yeah, that's, yes. that's like special effects in a nutshell, right? You're born yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. I can shower sparks, pull a, a puff of wind, 
Oh but yeah. That's I can I can pull off faint musical notes. Yes. There you go. Nice. You're our or, playboy. Or an odd odor. <laughs> or an odd odor. That's well, and Donovan can take care of that. <laughs> Here's the thing. If this play were going in a different way, how it was originally written, that might have been a thing where it's like, oh man, these orcs smell or something like that, and he would or or Malchus or something like that. This is a much more friendly version to everyone. Thank you. Ooh, I was just looking at Thaumaturgy. You can make rumble of thunder, ominous whispers, cry of a raven, brighten, darken, shine light on certain objects. Ooh, we could have fun with this, Anvin. <laughs> we can make so all I this stuff the happen. So I picture the two of you, like in the um, like in the booth where the like show like directors are with like the light boards and everything, just like all right, camera two, and just like pulley pushing on the dials. Yeah, exactly. Okay. We're special effects. I mean, I can do. Yeah, we totally are. It's like I can make a color, a small mark, or a symbol appear, or on an object, or a surface for one hour, or magical trinkets or illusionary images that can fit in your hand. And then I can change so, the color of those, brighten them, <laughs> them. <laughs> uh, so, back up to our tricks as if we were children. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so who's going to be our makeup person? Think that's Aster. Oh no, what their skills are that <laughs> I feel like Donovan would totally be it. Well, because... these, these hands aren't precise if, uh, to put it like this. They're <laughs> good, but not precise. I mean Aster would absolutely volunteer to do it. I'm just saying I don't know if you want them to be doing the makeup. <laughs> What did you have Braylon do for disguises? I can't remember. Um, he had a disguise kit and stuff like that. Oh, but... I uh, actually do have a disguise kit. Oh! Ooh! I, I, <laughs> yeah, it's, are you, it's are you my, proficient with it, though? Uh, I, yeah, actually, I am, because I think from my, my rogue multi-class, I wow. think I get that. So. Ain't that interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, let's <laughs> Proficient with disguise kit is pretty much knowing how to do makeup, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that totally checks the, out. The, the one who was opposed to red face. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'll do something tasteful. <laughs> Maybe. Roll that D twenty. Yeah. Did you say he had extras or he was looking for extras? He like, had extras. Fine. Like he okay. lined up. Yeah, they just need to stand in the background. So it's like okay, he has where did he get them from? I'm, I'm, I'm curious. You know what? <laughs> Good question. Let's roll a flat d20 and see how reliable oh, no. these extras are. This will be the first. So all the components are here, right? All, all, the, all the, the ingredients we need for a fantastic play are right here. This is the first ingredient we're actually adding to the bowl. This is the first roll that's going to count. Oh, please tell me Chad is villager number one. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> So the higher this dice roll is, the higher the quality of the extras in the background. Uh, so who? Okay. Oh. That's a six. <laughs> so these extras, um, he probably got some town drunks. He probably met some people in the bar last night and uh, told him about the play. And like, oh, they got a little bit of extra money to, to, to pay people to just stand in the background. So these people are are not going to light the stage on fire. Now, that could be a good thing, though, because they won't draw attention away from the main actors, so all eyes are going to be on Ubo and Masoka. <laughs> Is uh, Leroy going to play anything? 
that is the sad part. Um, so he's going to discuss it with you and just, he's just going to, he's going to say that like, it's, it's, it's probably time for him to start directing. <laughs> I get it's, it. It's, it's just, it's time for that transition. He's got a vision. He's got a vision and he, he just, he needs to bring it to life. And, uh, he sees something in you guys. Let's uh, quit adventuring, become stage plays, and like <laughs> we've, we've got this. There's no more problems in the world. There's none. <laughs> and if there are problems in the world, you just make a play about it. That's right. So how is this sounding to you guys? Like, let's, let's – what it sounds like is that Astra's going to be doing makeup. Amvin and Maddie are going to be uh, sharing the responsibility of, of effects and music. Totally. It sounds like it. Donovan is in charge of getting the word out and publicizing this. Oh, yeah. And we got our two actors. That sounds amazing. All right. Can I address my two notes, though? Hit me. All right. First note, I think Aster should be in the play, and we should showcase their amazing abs. I think that would be a great value. (laughs) Where is this coming from? I, I saw them. (laughs) <laughs> so I know I know a good show and good abs make a good show. Also, I think you I think what your play needs is uh, just a little bit of romance. If you can work some romance in there, I think you have it. Well, I don't believe there was any romance between Malchus and the Gork. I, I, I believe his name was. I don't believe there was a romance there, but we could maybe add some uh, sexual tension. Between the two. Oh. <laughs> Speaking my language, man. Two people that are looked at as monsters from society find themselves drawn together. You got something there. Uh, wait, I'm, I'm, I'm getting something. And he's going to start to jot some things down. D- two leaders from different worlds that love could never be, but there's something unspoken between them. I am not kissing Masoka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, that, no, you're right. You you can't. If you do, well, you like you need you need the audience to want that, but then it doesn't happen. And he's gonna he's gonna start to like this will all be done with uh, the eyes, uh, the body language. Nothing will be spoken of it, but the audience will know. Amazing. Amazing. Just sold. Arms crossed and scowling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's only so much I will do for the greater good, uh, and I'm not kissing him. Like we said, there'd be no kissing. Just, you know, us first some uh, bedroom minds out there. I'm sure you've got some nice uh, routines up your sleeve, right? Yeah. But in the moment, if you f- like if you read the crowd and you feel like that's the thing you should do, go for it. I mean. <clears throat> we'll rehearse. Don't worry. Didn't mean to step on your toes, Mr. Director. And he's going to he's going to kind of rein this all back in because he doesn't want to see his vision too like changed. But but he appreciates the notes. I would say that the group would practice this, at least do a dry run a couple of times, right? Because you want to you wanna know the material. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so at, at this point, Ubo's limited reading skills become apparent. Like, <laughs> he, can, he can get by talking in common, not well, but passable. Mm-hmm. But his reading comprehension is low. <laughs> so is Mr. So, <laughs> so he's gonna have to have some. He's gonna have to have some some help and some like you know lines repeated. He'll likely ask Maddie to do it if someone doesn't volunteer. 
Um, but he's going to have to have some portion of this script kind of read to him. And I imagine Maddie would know this already. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. just well, another. Leroy can like whisper the lines in the little like theater booth in the front of the stage in cartoons. Isn't that a job? Like yes. whispering lines? Yes. yes. Or is that just in cartoons? No. <laughs> they do it in elementary school plays, too. All right. That's the level we're playing at. That's great. That <laughs> well, is, yeah. <laughs> that is. <laughs> Someone's going to play a tree. It's going to be great. <laughs> that tree's going to have sweet abs. <laughs> <laughs> if I knew Orkish, I could have done illusionary script. And then that would turn the words into yeah. anything, yeah. yeah. Just moving images. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I have a feeling orcish writing is like like a step above cave painting. <laughs> it's a very expressive language. <laughs> like lots of lots of orc stick figures, and there are like a, a third of the words in it you can't write unless you have red available. <laughs> <laughs> lots of pictures of rocks with red on them. They have lots yes. of words for things like stab and bludgeon. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to propose something to you guys. We can skip forward to the day of the play, if you'd like, and just kind of get a beat on what you'd be doing in that time, and then we can do this performance and see how it goes, or we could just roleplay out the, the time in between, because you got another, like, five days. I'm all for skipping to the plays, as long as we get details yeah. on what Donovan is doing to uh, spread yeah. the word. Well, yeah. that's, that's my next question. <laughs> Because uh, that's the next thing. I want to see how packed this theater is going to be. What would Donovan be doing to, okay. to get this word out? So, first of all, the plan is... His goal is to build himself some sort of entourage of like-minded people uh, <laughs> who are into arts, but also like maybe counterculture a little bit, if that exists in the Winter Haven. Or just... It's like trendsetters? <laughs> like... Yes. Okay. Uh, or like, or just just people like that are into like theater at least, at the very least. Um, the goal is to tell these people that they have a spot first, like front row, uh, and then he would probably try to hang out with these people and like have go have parties in his four star rooms every night. Uh, <laughs> but if he gathers enough people in the first row. He will tell them that this play is going to be so good because it will either be so bad that it's going to be amazing or it's actually going to be good. Either way, it's going to be a blast and their job is just going to be uh, expressing, expressing their uh, appreciation from the first row, thus creating a wave of people thinking that people in the first row are having a good time. So everyone's probably going to jump on that like... um so you're building like a pyramid scheme of influence. Kind of. There's probably a term for that. Just like it probably I, is. I think what he's doing is he is astroturfing our play. I think that's yeah. the term. <laughs> What's that? Astroturfing. It's it's like when you when you pay people to express fake political support. <laughs> oh, well, kind of. Except I'm not paying them. Well. Yeah, I'm giving you're, them you're free seats. You're paying like, them in parties. You're a lobbyist. That's what you're yeah. So, um, okay, so you got this you got this group of people and let's say that I mean th okay, whether they're into theater or not, and some of them definitely would be. 
people love a free party, right? Mm-hmm. And Donovan seems like a cool guy to hang out with. Yeah. Um, that's the that's the personal greedy part. He also remembers he has to promote the thing. So, yeah, he would tell them to tell people also. And he would probably go around town to, like, every possible inn and tavern or hall or libraries or whatever uh, in the markets, probably, uh, passing, out, passing out flyers. And, yeah, he'd try to get personally the word around as much as he can in those, like, five days knowing that he has a fully seated first row of people are are there to party. Okay. Do me a favor. Roll a persuasion check for me. Uh, with pleasure. Ooh, that was almost well, a four. That's good. Yeah. 16. 16. It's not bad. So I would say not only is this, so you get these, uh, you get these influencers, let's call them these, this group of people who are probably, you know, maybe not party animals necessarily, but they, they, they like to mingle. They like to be sociable. They like to get out there. And you're telling them all about this play that they're, basically they're going to be entertained no matter what happens, right? Yes. Which Promise. is great. Yeah. So they're in turn going to start telling the rest of their friends and they're going to start to get this, 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 this buzz going, right? And before you know it, you have hundreds of people that are that have purchased tickets. Like they're they're ready to go, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what I'd like to do is I'd like you to roll a flat D twenty for me. I would like to know the quality of the people coming to this play because you got your your top tier first row influencers. Now I want to see who you know who the word got out to. Right? Are these uh, actual theater goers? Are they really enthused about the play? Are they looking for a car crash? Are they just drunks coming in from the rain? <laughs> Who's coming to see this play? All so right. do now, me a favor. Before he rolls, can I propose stakes for this roll? Sure. <laughs> On a seventeen or greater, Malchus attends. Oh! <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are 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 they well, back from from the? Oh, good question. Hold on, let me check dates. Um, yeah. You know what? That's plausible enough. I'd say because oh my it's, God. The, it's the twenty seventh. So that's been, you know, that's been weeks. So they could have <laughs> done their they could have done their their thing and gotten back. Yeah. I, th- yeah, I figure if, if he's in the top twenty percent. He's he's gotten Malchus to attend Malchus's own send up. Right. Yeah. Also, um, sick. I know that's cool. I know that we told <laughs> was it Simone was that her name? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I know she was going to try to get the word out too because she was one like wanting this to happen in the first place. Oh yes, the the mayor of uh, the mayor of Esterholt's coming. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, if you need, you can just, like, go grab her in the other room. (laughs) (laughs) What an unforgettable evening we're about to have. Yes. Okay. Question. Yes. Can I use inspiration on the flat D20? I'm going to say yes. All right. (gasps) Perfect. (laughs) Let us do this. I got an 18! Yeah! <laughs> the other one was a 16. Oh, was 12? It was oh, a 16, sorry, but sorry, it says it dropped to 12. I yeah. don't know. 18. So, not only has the word gotten out, I would say this place is damn near going to be packed. Like, it by the time the day of the play arrives, and with such short notice, this has been an amazing, uh, just, just a guerrilla marketing campaign, right? 
I would say the city as a whole is just excited. They're a buzz. There are people who just can't wait to... It's the perfect time to do this because it's all still fresh. It's only been a couple of years and, and, and the, the orcs are still in everybody's mind. It's a thing that people are still dealing with in their travels. And... You, you you actually have theater goers coming. Like you actually have people who, who are just they're just they're kinda of starving for this type of thing. It hasn't hasn't happened in Winter Haven in a while. It's just it you have all the ingredients <laughs> for a fantastic crowd. Congratulations. So fucking excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so Malchus is there. I'm gonna say for, like Arya is probably there too, and I'm guessing like Theo. I mean that just makes sense. Like mm-hmm. this is a huge big thing going on and like everyone's showing up. <laughs> I can't uh, wait till Malchus has to have a talk with me after. Oh <laughs> Amvin, you approved what? <laughs> Look at the morale. It's great. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> All right, this uh, will be a special kind of unforgettable, I can see. Uh, I just want to say, since Donovan's job is done, he is going to kick back front row she's dressed uh, to whatever the expression is to the 19? To the 9s I believe. The did nines. he okay. have to pick those with him or did he get some and how did he get them if so? <laughs> mm, probably bought those. Give me give me a price. He bought some nice clothes. How, much money how nice we talking? Not, not crazy. Not crazy? But I like nice. Uh, like if you're just talking about like walking around town clothes like a theater night type of thing. Yeah, something with like an ascot. Okay, like 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 eight gold, something like that. Ah, something, cool. something okay. Like, oh yeah, eight gold. Adding that to my week. Um, and yeah, he is going to kick back. I don't know if they serve alcohol, if they have like a license in this theater, but if he does, he's gonna take a drink and sit and wait for the play and have the best time. And I will leave it to you guys. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> And then do we get any, like, pluses or minuses for practicing throughout this week? Well, that's what I wanted to, uh, that's what I wanted to address. I want to see how well the practice went. So who would like to do me a favor and give me a flat D20? I'm doing it. I'm throwing it. Okay. Boom. Oh, no. Five. I'm the one who asked. I should have done it. <laughs> <laughs> it went as good as expected, right? <laughs> 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 I'm going to say you guys are you're you're familiar enough with the material. You know your beats and stuff like that. So it's just going to be whatever you're bringing to the table in terms of skills, right? So no pluses, no minuses. All right. Well, I'm bringing to the table a minus one charisma and no training in perform. So <laughs> see, though, that's the thing. It's not just about your your ability to perform. It's your physical ability. And I'm going to get mm. into that in just a minute because Leroy picked you because you have a look too. You you're like the Arnold Schwarzenegger of actors, right? Like you, it's like, man, look at that impressive looking. Or, well, I need an impressive orc for this play. Uh, but I'm not as like I, I, it's it's like wanting the Arnold Schwarzenegger of actors and getting the Dolph Lundgren. Well, okay. <laughs> well, think of Conan. He didn't know English, and yeah, right, <laughs> same thing. <laughs> What's your athletics looking like? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, see? It'll play to some of your strengths. Okay. So what we're saying is you're going to oil me up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to... Yeah. If, if if all else fails, just turn into a pig, and the audience will love the pig booties. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. You know what I just realized? 
if if Ubo has to be oiled up, Aster's the makeup person. Oh Aster no, Aster has, <laughs> has to oil up Ubo. That's right. <laughs> Let's fast forward to the evening of the fourth of Ferryor. How do you spell that month? Uh, F-A-R-A apostrophe U-R-E. And just for, so it's established, it's because they haven't had a chance to talk about it, it's probably awkward as shit between Maddie and uh, Masoka. <laughs> so that's, okay, before we actually get to the play, like, how has this week been spent? Is it, uh, is it mostly just kind of relaxing in the city and then practicing? And then I guess you just said it's going to be awkward between Masoka and Maddie. Have they spoken, or is it uh, is it more just the bare minimum of of it's just kind of like you pass each other? It's like hello, hello, like that type of thing. I'm trying to decide whether Masoka would take this opportunity to better himself, or if he would just shrug it off and be like, "There's nothing wrong with me." <laughs> <laughs> um, J- Jason, what day of Ferrier did you say it was? Fourth. Fourth. Okay. Fourth. And like I said, Maddie had no idea. So right now she's probably processing and probably putting all her effort and energy into getting Ubo to memorize, like distracting herself, like memorizing lines, practicing spell work and like making it seem like she's super busy. (laughs) Anytime she has a moment and they're like in the same room together, she's probably quizzically looking at Masoka, like trying to figure it out. But that's probably the whole week. So on Masoka's side, mm. what would be the thought process? Well, he doesn't understand why she doesn't understand. So he's probably just been puzzling that. Probably Writing retreat- angsty poetry? Yeah. <laughs> probably retreated a bit because there, like, there was no reciprocation, which he was pretty sure there would have been. Right, he laid himself <laughs> out there. Yeah. So... Is he mad at all at Donovan for jumping in at that moment, or? Yeah, but he well, at the at the time, yeah, because you know he probably would have gone further and professed his love, but uh, he can't stay mad at Donovan. (laughs) Aww, (laughs) they're bros. Yeah, so he's he's probably retreated a little bit and is just trying to figure out. In his head, what the hell went wrong? Is not to plant seeds. Is Masoka the type of person to think, man, if I really do well at this play, that might change your opinion or something like that? Because I'm trying to get a bead on how Masoka feels. Like after, he doesn't seem like the type to open up to people very often. Yeah, I don't know if he's smart enough that he would use the play to his advantage. Okay. You know, like if there was a scene, if there was a scene with like uh, some sort of emotional thing going on, you know, maybe someone would, you know, take that opportunity to like direct it at the other person, but he'd be totally oblivious to that. Okay. What about anybody else? Anybody else doing anything in the, uh, in the, the, the week leading up to the play? I'll be researching the, portal I think it's a normal thing I feel like 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 during like downtime and during like the evenings and stuff Aster would probably like spend some time like walking around Winterhaven just trying to get a better like feel and layout of the city 
And it's got um, it's got some rustic charms for being such a large city. You could definitely tell that these people, uh, they have suffered through some really harsh winters. It gets exceedingly cold. Um, thankfully, now it's it's springtime and it's it's a lot more livable. But even e- even now at night, it gets it gets pretty chilly. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see people dressed in a lot of layers and, and things like that. Uh, the city itself is is almost a giant fort. That's that's kind of what it reminds you of. It's it's very it's very down homey and uh, and and it it, it, it kind of the, the the people there, even the the quote unquote upper class, they they kind of have a very lived in vibe. Like they everyone has done some sort of manual labor at some point in their lives. You could tell. Hmm. Okay, is there a like? any like crime or anything i mean i know it's not going to be like anything compared to brightport but like just and yeah there's um i mean every large city has its quote-unquote bad part of town something like Mm -hmm. that so you got your your lower on the totem pole residents and stuff like that and yeah people will steal stuff from vendors or, or or something like that now they don't have as high a rate of things like assault or murder (laughs) <laughs> in 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 Winterhaven as they do in Brightport. Yeah. You're going to see a lot more like town guard type of thing. You'll you'll see mm-hmm. them posted a lot more. But yeah, you every once in a while you'll you'll stop thief that type of thing. You'll you'll see people get stopped for that or a lot of children, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> that type of thing where they're just oh, they're just great. being <laughs> shitty kids. <laughs> How early does Malchus come back? Hmm. I would say that by the first of the month, I would say that the group would have would have gotten back from their little mission. How widely known is it what they were going to do? Uh, I wouldn't say it's like a citywide thing, like that you know, because it's government work basically. Yeah. So like it's, yeah. it's kind of like boring stuff that people don't care about. But it's it's mm-hmm. that type of thing the city can say, hey, we're trying to keep you guys safe on the road to make sure that there are no misunderstandings. That you know the orcs understand us, we understand the orcs. We're trying to. We're trying to, you know, branch out and get these levels of communication higher so that there won't be any confusion. So it's the type of thing the city can can brag about, but people don't want to know how the bacon's made, basically. <laughs> I'd say uh, Amvin would also um, probably wouldn't go seeking out Malchus. In fact, this has been on his mind a lot of the play. But I'd also say that he's kind of looking for what's next afterwards. So I want to say he put in something in with either Simone or kind of like looking for the next gig after just uh let me know what offers come in oh yeah issues. totally and they're gonna put together like a packet for you guys basically it's like <laughs> here are our troubles you're really good at solving problems guess what <laughs> more responsibility so Sam might like, t- tell the group about the different stuff in the packet <laughs> um I'm saying that, that they'll probably give it to you after the play. That type of thing. Ah, it's okay. like, let's see. They're, they're putting together some stuff for you now. It's like, what are our biggest problems? Uh, <laughs> that type of thing. It's like, we got some problem solvers. <laughs> biggest or biggest problem right now? Not a big dragon down south. You guys want to take a see at that? <laughs> That's always on the table. Oh, my God. Are people willing to pay top dollar for information on that dragon? <laughs> anyway. That's that's neither here nor there. Tonight, tonight we're focusing on a performance. Who's ready to put on a show? Yeah. Let's do it. So this is a packed house. 
This is this is amazing. So uh, I imagine the curtains drawn, and you got your you, the stage is all set up. Props have been built, and they have these like bits of scenery for for the the, the hill where the orcs are going to take stuff, and then they got this little city stuff that they got for the second act, and 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 Malchus is going to give a rousing speech and rally the troops, that type of thing, and then they got the setting for the last the stormy backdrop, and it, so lots of time and effort was spent on on this. And this place is just packed. The audience, you hear that soft murmur of a giant crowd speaking, even in hushed tones. It's just, it just kind of fills an auditorium. Like they are, you know, I imagine those butterflies are kind of building up in everybody's chest backstage. And except for Donovan, who's in the front row. This is, this is great. So are we ready? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so. The curtain's gonna, the curtain's gonna open up on that, on that hilltop scene that we were talking about. And there's gonna be this sort of ominous music swell. Who's gonna do our music? Ampin, right? I believe that was Ampin. I thought it was, uh, you could do it because you could make the. I thought thought you did, uh, chords of music. Yeah, press the digitation. You can't show it. Okay. All right. I'm pretty sure that was in there. Yeah, I can make faint notes of Mel out of it. So this is this is just kind of like um, kind of ominous tones, like setting the scene type of thing. I'd like you to give me an Arcana check to see how well this broadcasts throughout this big arena, this big this auditorium. All righty, and roll. Oh yeah, twenty three. Good start. Oh, that's a fantastic start. And what's going to be great is people are looking for, you know, musical instruments and they're not, they're not seeing anything. It's like, so this is, you know, usually off, you know, on the side of the stage, you got someone playing piano or you got, you know, someone strumming a lute, something like that. While, while this announcer or, or narrator kind of, you know, narrates the scene. So you're going to have Leroy narrating the scene just you know, on a chill day, you know, that type of thing, just setting this up and, this music's going to swell in the crowds. Like they, they kind of sit up in their seats, like, "Oh, it's starting!" That that type of thing. Maddie, yes. So he Garvey's going to go into this description about the day that it was, and how you know how chill the air was, and how you know guards in the area could tell that this day was unlike a day that they've seen in a long time, and something was different. And he wants a chill to kind of fall over the first couple of rows. Can okay, I have a question though. Can uh-huh. I do performance instead? Because this is a cantrip. So it's like second nature. I'd say yes. Go ahead. Because <laughs> I suck at Arcana. <laughs> <laughs> but I oh, suck at that too. <laughs> so I'd say the very first row, it's like a Gallagher concert. Like the first row or so is gonna get wet. So <laughs> so that's a seven. So this is just going to be like like a few degrees. You're going to notice it. So it's almost imperceptible, which is kind of better. Because if it were this big blast of cold air, it would feel a little more artificial. This is almost something subconsciously. The, the Just the first row, though. <laughs> um, so it's like Donovan and like some of his artsy, fartsy friends are going to be sitting there and just kind of like, ooh, like kind of the hairs on the back of your neck stand up, that type of thing. But no one else in the uh, the auditorium is going to feel that. I have a question. Hit me. Where is Malchus, Jadzia, Valis, and them sitting? <laughs> I'd say that uh, for people of importance, there are box seats in the upper, like the, uh, the like the second floor, that type of thing, like an overlook. Okay. The Lincoln seats, if you will. 
So I'd say that they're probably they're probably spread out. There's probably you know a few of these uh, a few of these uh, scattered throughout. Okay. So they have a really good vantage point. So here's the next bit. Some orcs. Some orcs are going to come wandering on stage, right? <laughs> they've got they've got weapons drawn and stuff like that, and they're 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 going to walk onto stage here to take this hill. Let's see how good their makeup is. <laughs> <laughs> so you have proficiency in that kit, right? Uh, yep. So you're going to add a plus two to your deception roll. Okay, nice. Let's. Did that work? No, okay. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> that is beautiful! So these are going to be some really convincing orcs. Like, he found, like, I'd say Garvey probably found some burly dock worker type people, some, some, um, maybe the, the, the kind of rowdy drunks, so they kind of put out that aura of, of, you know, that, that, that big strapping. So, so you, you got a, you got a bunch of people in here, and they're going to be, they're going to be made up, and, green face, I guess, would be the word to, to, to use. It's like, you know, various greens and browns and things, but it's not as offensive as the tiefling stuff. So <laughs> this, so you got them, they, they have their their big, uh, their, their, their weapons and stuff like that. And I would say these are either replica weapons or actual weapons from the blacksmith. So they're holding real stuff, right? So they look the part, they look great. And then an oiled up Ubo. Like, we're talking more baby oil than man. Just, he's going to walk. He is going to strut on stage with all the confidence in the world and lead these orcs to take this hill. And what I'd like from you, Ubo, are two things. One, I want you to do something athletic. I want you to, you know, flex or, you know, leap in with your weapon, something like that. Just to, just to kind of, what, what would, what would Ubo do to lead these orcs onto the hill? Hmm. Okay. So let's, let's say, um, the, the weapon that they gave Ubo to wield is like a spear. And Mm -hmm. so Ubo, Ubo wants to charge onto the stage and at about like a third of the way across the stage, leap into the air and like plunge the spear into the ground to like, like claiming it. Like, so it's, it's a leap and it's a, it's a spear that it's a spear, the, the ground plunge it into the stage planks. Oh, that is beautiful. Could you do me a favor and give me an athletics check? All right. Athleticism. That is above 10. That's good. That's a 14. So that's going to look, I'd say maybe like, I'd say the dismount is just, just the tiniest bit. Like it's like, oh, almost like people in the crowd probably won't notice, but like people backstage, it's like, oh, he almost slipped. That's probably too much baby oil. But <laughs> we, should, we shouldn't have done his feet. We shouldn't have done his, shouldn't feet. Done his feet. Why would you do the bottom of his feet? That's crazy. And <laughs> he's going to plant that spear, though. And it, the, on the dismount, everyone's like, ooh. Like, you can hear it in the crowd. They're just kind of like, ooh. Like, between the music swell and the, 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 the depiction of these orcs and how good the makeup is and Ubo's convincing athleticism. And now Ubo's going to say something. Ubo's going to, like, just boom, spears planted in the ground, and Ubo's just going to turn and and say something rousing to the troops here. And it can be in Orcish, it can be it can be in common, whatever you'd like, but I want a performance check from Ubo. 
<laughs> like, how convincing is this? Like, how much bass is in his voice? Let's. Uh, well, I guess let's throw the dice, and then we'll we'll kind of yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll act it. We'll act into the into the role. How about Walk that? it back from there. Okay. Okay, that's a twelve. 12. Yeah, that's a twelve. That's that's a performance, and I'm I'm like desperately combing my notes for what the name of my tribe is. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 are we again? M something. I mean, you can sit here for three more minutes while I look through my notes. You can tell me. <laughs> I, wow, I went. <laughs> The Mozog. The Mozog, thank you. Okay, no, no, no. I have, like, I have a pocket notebook, and I'm writing all this stuff down, but also, like, it's just in, like, chronological order, so I don't have, right. like, a... Yeah, I can't just, like, go to the freaking index and be like, Mozog, oh, page four. <laughs> I completely understand. Um, okay. The Brugal were the original uh, clan, and then the Mozog were the, the new. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, Ubo wants this, this to be, uh, you know... Historically sound enough that the casual theater goer is is walking away and like uh, understanding, you know, the 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 nature of the orcs who uh, who came through. Um, so Ubo stands tall after he has plunged his spear into this stage, and he says, um, "Clan Mozog walked many days and many nights to find this hill here." we will make our new home. Here, we will become mighty orcs of legend. I would say uh, the crowd is like still kind of wowed from the whole like plunging the spear thing. And it's like, so they are on board, right? So this is, the crowd is just on fire so far. They love it. They are eating this up. Because again, this is recent history, right? It's, it's like a documentary coming to life for them. And these people have been thirsty for theater. Now, I would say after that, there's there's probably some more posturing and the orcs are going to be doing some stuff. And it's kind of showing the time it takes to you know set up camp and all that. And then they're going to clear the stage and then set it up for the city scene. And <laughs> I'm going to need another makeup check. To see oh, no. how good Malchus looks. Oh no, <laughs> Malchus and the extras here. Uh, still that plus two, right? Yep. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh boy. Oh, oh shit! Twenty-one. Whoa, that is beautiful. So, I would say that there was a compromise made. So it's probably not straight up red face, but some alterations were made to kind of like something a bit more socially acceptable. Obviously you had to go with the horns, right? And you probably slick Masoka's hair back or something like that, or, or just, just to kind of like give him the more, like probably went much more on the wardrobe and, and weaponry that, that, you know, effort and study went into like, okay, well, what does Malchus use? What is, okay, well, how, I don't know. How do we do warlock powers on stage? I don't know. We can't, you know, so like, Time and effort, like, this is a very convincing costume. People know who Masoka's supposed to be the second they see him, right? And the rest of these extras are looking the part, man. They are, if you were in that party originally, like, let's say Amvin, you're going to be able <laughs> yes. to see your doppelganger equivalent in the group. So you got your, <laughs> you got your Amvins and your Theos and your, your Arias and you got your Elraths. You got your, so you're going to be able to see all of these people. Like, it's like, man, they went and, they went and found, you know, like a halfling actor and a, uh, man, that, that, wow, th there was some time taken. That's gorgeous. 
Wow, they found someone five feet and one inch. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other halfly actor. <laughs> I'm just picturing like the, like the behind the scenes like stuff like like the DVD of this. It's like uh, my name's Chad, and I actually got to hang out with Amvin for a week and kind of uh, get his mannerisms down. You know, he's uh, a pretty cool guy. Uh, <laughs> reads a lot, man. He reads. <laughs> just like staring at him while he's reading. <laughs> So, Masoka's going to take the stage, and there's kind of the scene set up where it's it's it takes place in the city by the gates. So they got guards and stuff like that, and you got all the doppelganger, uh, all the doppelganger uh, group members, and then you got like this this pyramid of apple crates, basically. That Masoka is going to come out as Malchus, dressed to dressed to the nines, ready to go, and he is going to firmly plant his feet on that apple crate and stand kind of just slightly elevated above everybody. And Masoka is going to give a speech. <laughs> okay. Of a kind. Of a kind. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> Dig into your uh, Shakespeare there, Soka. <laughs> so first, can you give me a performance check? Like how these words that are coming out of uh, of Masoka, like how does he deliver them? Like how how does this like? Do you, are you going to make the crowd believe? Uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen. That is a crit. That is a 24. <laughs> we'll have Rob do it. Just have Rob do it. Yeah. Just, <laughs> no, no, just, just, just snip the original speech out of the old episode. Yep. <laughs> Put it in. Like I, I like to imagine it, like the people around Romalcus City, like p- with the makeup and the performance, just like kind of like, wait a second, he's right here, right? You know? Oh my god! No, after after Masoka delivers like whatever Malchus lines he delivers, <laughs> like I'm, I'm just picturing like the audience is dead silent, and then you actually hear Malchus above the silence, and the audience go, "Damn." <laughs> <laughs> So I, okay, this is amazing. So I would say that maybe in the, maybe, maybe nerves were getting the Masoka leading up to this. And like, there's a lot of pressure with this play and people want to see it performed well and like all that. And the Masoka delivers the first lines that his, that, that, that his character Malchus would say. And I would say that it doesn't even sound like Masoka. Like it's a different voice, like different mannerisms. He has become Malchus Grimness. Like, he, he just, it, it, like, he left it all on the stage. And after he delivers this rousing speech, the crowd's gonna lose their shit. Like, that is, that is exactly, it's like, yep, I've met him. That's how he talks. Like, that's, like, <laughs> man. Like, they're gonna go nuts. It, yep, he loves speeches. <laughs> <laughs> to cap off this moment, I need another music swell. So while while man, while Masoka is nailing this, like he is just man, just just amazing. What's the music sound like underneath? Like this the, I I picture this inspirational track, but I'm gonna need an arcana check. Alrighty. Let's see. Holy shit! Oh my god. I okay. I would love that it's like there's like nothing. 
And then it just like there's like little hints, and then it just gets louder and louder until it like like either helps point out everything that he's saying, or even just like everything feels like it's in rhythm. Oh, that is a twenty three. Everybody at home, this is mm-hmm. this is so good. So while Masoka is nailing this, like he is just pachinoing all over the place, like he is just acting right. This music is going to swell like it's a courtroom scene underneath of him, and you're not even going to notice it at first. It's so subtle, it just like subtle strings in the background, and it's just going to keep moving and moving upward and building. And by the time he's done and delivers the last line of this speech, and the group on stage loses their mind, they get caught up in it. The crowd is going to stand and just applaud, right? And just, I would say, uh, the group on stage is just going to ride that, you know, minutes-long applause break and then clear the stage for the final act. This could not be going better. Now we just need to bring it home, everybody. (laughs) I want to know who used magic on Masoka. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a true calling, man. <laughs> I was doing that Maddie would have done something before he went on stage. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> curtain's going to open on Act Three, and we're back at that hill. But this time, there's a bunch of orcish tents and, and, and infrastructure set up. Like, they, they are rooted in, right? So you got Gorkal and those backup orcs. And then you got Malchus riding in with the rest of the party. I need another music swell. I need something that would signify these two important characters are meeting and, you know, some shit is about to go down. I need some tension. <laughs> Uh, let's see if we go for three. Good luck. Twenty-four. Statistically improbable. We're doing this. Is not, <laughs> this should not be happening this well tonight. This is amazing. Well, like, look at all those rolls, like just in the bar, like holy. Nineteen, crap. twenty, eighteen, nineteen, seventeen, eighteen. Like this is amazing. So, so this music is going to swell, and like you can feel. You're ever in a big room where you're, 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 you're maybe in a movie theater or something like that, and you can feel tension in the air? You're going to feel that throughout this auditorium. Like, these people are on the edge of their seats. Some people are scooting forward just to, just to, it's like, oh boy, like, here we go. These two characters have been built up now um, throughout the play. Like, they've been, like, the importance of these two figures and the fact that they're meeting on stage now, it's like, oh, wow, this is amazing. These people are on, just, just, just on fire. They are ready to go. Now, I need some thunder. Yeah. Because now we're setting that tone for weather. Like, the, oh man, this, 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 this. Oh, the weather could have been better for their, their auspicious meat. Seeing how fucking good everyone's doing, Maddie's going to cast Enhance Ability on herself before this. <laughs> she doesn't want to be the one to fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, it's called Eagle Splendor. The target has advantage on charisma checks for the next action. <laughs> so, because she's going to do performance again. <laughs> okay. Oh, I needed it. <laughs> that's that's okay. That's a 13. So I'd say it's more understated, right? There's a low rumble that kind of 
you know, the, the, the narrator, which would be Garvey, is kind of it's like, oh, and the, 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 the weather was, you know, you know, rough and the stormy clouds were hovering over these two, like that type of thing. And this low rumble is going to, like, just kind of riding it out throughout the, uh, throughout the auditorium and just like, ooh, like people are, it, it, it's more of an understated thing. And that's probably better than just a, a big thunderclap that would shock everybody. It's not a jump scare. It's more of like a ominous tone. So. Build intention. <laughs> yep. So here we go. These two characters are going to get ready to speak to each other. And first off, it's Malchus. Malchus is going to do his his patented, you know, introducing himself in a very, you know, blustery, kind of flamboyant way. And he is going to state his case and why the team is there and, you know, what the orcs need to do. Do me a favor. Give me a performance check. Okay. Okay. Let's keep this going. That's a 13. So... This is going to be a little a little rockier than the first time, right? Like maybe it's the nerves of the situation. So it's not that it doesn't it, it sounds like Malchus is definitely on board with what he's saying and believes it, but maybe there's some trepidation in his voice, like some fear, like this could go very poorly if 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 this isn't played just right. I'd like to think he looked out into the crowd and saw real Malchus <laughs> and just just the pressure just got too overwhelming. Could you do me a favor? Mm-hmm. Could you give me an athletics check of some sort? Okay, that's not a great one for me. I just want to see something. All right, so that's a 10. So what would be something, like, how would Masoka carry himself as Malchus Grimness to kind of, like, maybe he maybe he realizes, like, oh, I could have delivered that line a little better. I could have put some punch into that. Maybe some, Maybe he could do something physical that could kind of take the performance up a notch. Uh, he'd sprout bat wings. <laughs> <laughs> um, did he come in on his carriage? Can he do like a flip off the carriage or something? Ooh. Cape swish. Oh, cape swish is perfect. Uh, Xavier high five through the mic. Yeah. Cause he typed that as soon as I said it. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe it's something like you're, you're, it's just kind of a, like after you deliver the last line, it's like, like a big billowy cape swirl, something like that. Just kind of like something to not distract, but to, to emphasize, to kind of punch words. So it kind of assists that 13 a bit. Something very Malchus. Yeah. Yeah. So. Ubo as Gorkal. There needs to be this kind of quiet reserve, some dignity, right? Like there is, there is a menacing, imposing figure, but also a fairness to the orcs that 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 Garvey wants to kind of get across, right? So part of this, I need an athletics check just to kind of just to see how you know Ubo would carry himself on stage to to get that across. Like how well is he uh, is he translating that to the crowd? quite well, actually, with a 19. So, I'd say one of the... Besides Masoka's study... If they're going to write about this in the paper tomorrow, they're going to say, what a stunning performance Masoka gave as, as, as Malchus Grimness giving that, 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 you know, 
that monologue, the speech at the beginning, and then how well Ubo portrayed, you know, the quiet dignity of an orc, like that type of, like something you don't talk about all that often. You talk about the brutality and you talk about the, you know, the, the terrifying, you know, visage of these things and the menace that they can, they can, they can provide, but you don't talk about like how, like how they could, they could also translate pride and dignity through just, you know, just a, a movement of their, you know, facial features or eyebrows or just a crossing of their arms. And Ubo's going to do that very well. Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm picturing I'm picturing kind of like a like a slow stride up, and then kind of like a like when when it when he gets closer, it's clear that Ubo is kind of like towering over Masoka as as Malchus. Uh, Ubo just kind of adds like a subtle like flex, and it's all like pecs, abs, biceps. It's like <laughs> he, he like he accentuates all of his muscles with that flex. He kind of primes them all and makes them you know like shows off the rock-hard body of the mountain. Ooh, you know what we're going to do? Maddie, can I get an arcana roll from you? Ugh. Let's get a spotlight on them abs. <laughs> Let's get a spotlight on them pecs. Ugh. Like, maybe maybe like a lightning flash, something like that, but for that one glorious moment, man, that baby oil lights up and just... I, 11. I, I can only roll 10s. That's, that's, that's a okay. third ten. You have inspiration die if you want to use it. <laughs> Is this what I want to use it for? It's up to you. I, you might want to save it for yeah. <laughs> something more. Yeah. I'm not Donovan. <laughs> I, I lean over to my neighbor on the right and I say, I ship it. So for one glorious moment, I wouldn't, I'd say the more perceptive in the crowd, maybe people who didn't blink, it's like, wow, that's a definition on that, on that half word. Wow. I, and then Ubo is going to start speaking as Gorkal and, and, and stating, you know, stating his clan's mission statement and what they're, what they're trying to do and what they're trying to do for their people and to, to break off and get freedom. I would like you to roll a performance check for me, please. Do I have inspiration somewhere? Do I... <laughs> uh, where would I check? You know what I'm going to do? I would say, based on Ubo's physical performance, because that roll was so high, I'd like mm. you to give me a performance check with advantage. Okay, okay. I'd, fe- I'd say that's like a confidence builder. It. It, it, it might be. Alright, advantage is on, and so I take the performance die, and I throw it. Boom. And I needed it. (laughs) You did need it. 14. So, much like your Arnold Schwarzenegger or your Dolph Lundgren, you can tell that common isn't necessarily Ubo's first language, but it benefits the performance in this case. It's a more convincing portrayal of, of, of Gorkal and, 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 and probably how they communicated. Obviously, this is not how the actual encounter went down, <laughs> but that doesn't yeah. matter. We're missing out on the uh, doodles and stick figure job. Yep. <laughs> that doesn't matter. This is just for the show all that. <laughs> and as the play comes to a close, these two iconic historical Winter Haven figures are going to shake hands in the middle of the stage and the curtain's going to come to a close and this crowd is going to lose their mind and start throwing like throwing flowers up toward the stage and just standing ovation 
I would say that the curtains will part once more and allow you guys to come out and take your bows and 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 kind of bathe in this adulation. How would you guys be feeling in that moment? Ubo is simultaneously like proud that he pulled this off and never wants to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> like this, this is he, he almost he almost views this entire week and and going through this play as like this great sacrifice he made for for diplomacy at this point. You know, like he's like this was extremely stressful. This, I, I spent the whole week learning new words. I had to, I had to do this in front of all these people, in front of this huge crowd. Like he's glad it went so well, and at the same time, it's like, and I'm gonna go out on top. See ya. Like we're done. <laughs> Back to the road. I need to roll in some dirt. This baby oil make it real cake up real good. <laughs> <laughs> what about Ahsoka? Uh, um. I think Mstoka's as surprised as anyone that he pulled it off so well. <clears throat> he must have had a real good coach throughout that week. Probably Anthony. Yeah, I was about to say, Anthony probably pulled him aside. It's like, no, 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 more bluster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not screwing this one up. My <laughs> reputation's on the line here. Um, yeah, but probably really proud of himself, too. Because... Uh, it's just a higher level than anything he's done. I mean, he's a good thief, but this is like, this is way up there beyond that for him. Garvey. This is, this is really cool. Garvey is going to rush onto stage while everyone's still, you know, clapping and stuff. And he is going to first hug Masoka and then turn around and start like, you know, bowing and like, yeah, oh, thank you. That, that type of thing. Then he's going to turn around and, and hug Ubo and he's going to kind of oil up his suit a little bit and just kind of like try to like wipe some of it off. <laughs> <laughs> but then he's going to turn back to the crowd and just kind of throw kisses and, and really just bathe in this because he has not experienced this type of reaction in many years. <laughs> I'm so happy for him. <laughs> Guys. I think that's a good time for us to stop for the night. Amazing. You did amazing. Oh, you guys did. Um, <laughs> congratulations. Oh my gosh, we seriously. got like the best rules ever. <laughs> I feel like this is a- absolutely going to come and bite us the next time we get into like a fight or something, but it's totally worth it. <laughs> yeah, super yeah. worth it. You're going to restore like... the kar- karmic balance real fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was yeah, so damn cool, fun. Very cool. Yeah, yeah nice job. Well played. Man, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, a huge thank you to everyone out there supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash D-A-N-D-R. We actually just put up a massive new living in Theria where we answered over a hundred questions. It's it's about two and a half hours long, all about demons. Uh, you guys came through in fine style, uh, specifically on our, our Discord server, uh, asking tons and tons of questions there. So we really appreciate that. Here's a quick clip from that episode. Squishy would like to know, can can someone become a demon after death? Obviously. Yes. Because yes, Darmok did die. Yeah. And it's a it's a rarity. Usually, okay, here's the thing. It's not, it's not, okay. Because demon is such a vague term, a lot of people think it's like, oh, I could be a demon like Darmok. That's not usually what happens. Right. In fact, Darmok was never supposed to be that. It was supposed to be. Uh, essentially, 
uh, he was going to be turned into like a foot soldier demon, but just to be there to torture for eternity. Like it's like, yeah, I'll give you immortality so I can kick you every once in a while. And that just didn't work out the way. Man, John Cena would have liked that. John Cena would have liked if that were what happened right. to him. Right. And oh, uh, if she had known that was part of the plan, she would have been very happy. <laughs> and Valnor's greed just kind of got the better of him. Like it wasn't, it was just a very poor plan. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's an easy thing to figure because it's like, oh, this, this dude is clearly insane. Yeah. I'll have a, I'll have a real tight rein on him. And you just kind of underestimate. It's like, oh, you're not that insane. Like you had a moment of clarity and fuck, I'm done. Like it's, yeah. it's, you know. So yes, you can become a demon, but like usually you'll be twisted in something, something like the, the clicor, right. flesh golem, something like that and where. Do, do you need some, like a demon's help to become a demon? Yes. So that you need to have that. Yes. Someone has to do that to you. That's not right. something that just is like a That's chance. That's not something Darmok chose to do to himself. That's something no. Valnor did to Darmok and then Darmok took it over. Yeah. Because I don't believe that, uh, I don't believe that, uh, Darmok was coherent enough to want that. I think his one thing is like, I gotta get back to Jadzia. I gotta get back to Jadzia. And it was just. It's like, oh, okay, here's my new route. Like, uh, you know. Yeah. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, swing on over to patreon.com slash D-A-N-D-R. It's how we keep the lights on around here. It's how we continue to give you guys content. Uh, again, on our Patreon, there's tons of recorded stuff like living in Theria and character chats. Uh, I'm going to be speaking to Kelsey this month uh, and posting that a little bit later. Uh, we have the Beastery where you guys learn all about Therian monsters and how to run them on your table at home and a wealth of other stuff. Again, your iTunes reviews are always hugely appreciated as well. It's how we spread the word uh, beyond word of mouth and stuff like that from you guys. So thank you very much. We'll be doing this month's extended rest on the 23rd. That's, uh, that's Friday at 9 p.m. on our Twitch, uh, Twitch channel. That's 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Mac's going to be on it to answer some questions. Uh, and we got a bunch of other people on the panel. So, uh, hopefully, uh, we'll get to everything you guys want to discuss and, uh, wrap up the month. Thank you guys so much. Again, thank you for all your support. We really do appreciate it. Uh, send in any comments and, and questions to uh, dandrpodcast at gmail.com. That's dandrpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys one more time, and we'll see you next week.